Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Most of us are very interested in different forms of healing ourselves, whether it's healing ourselves from emotional challenges, physical challenges, just really wanting to feel better about who we are, what we're doing in terms of our lives, our relationships, our businesses. Healing seems to be the word of the day. And as we're moving into 2016, it's important to move in to this new year with a new attitude and a way to figure out what is blocking you. What is blocking you from getting what you want, from feeling good about yourself, from having vibrant health and energy? And we're going to talk a lot about that today because I have a wonderful guest, and her name is Jen Ward. She's a Reiki master, an intuitive a healer, and an innovator of healing practices. And Jen helps her clients cross the bridge of self-discovery with healing techniques. She's also a Sangoma, traditional African shaman. And her holistic overview encompasses all aspects of life, including physical, emotional, causal, and mental areas. She's a long-distance emotional release facilitator and a consultant to celebrities, professional athletes, and high-end professionals. And Jen generously shares techniques and daily tapping exercises on social media that help to empower people to discover their own innate talents and gifts. She has a special talent for finding lost pets and returning them to their owners. We'll talk about that, too. So let's introduce Jen. How are you? Thanks so much for being here. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I really appreciate you having me on the show, so thank you. My pleasure. So you and I were talking a little bit before the show, as we do, mm-hmm. and we were talking about healing because there are so many people out there that say, I can heal you, I can do this or whatever, and I know you are, you are in agreement with me that healing Really, when we, when you have people who are so-called healers, they're really working with the person's own healing abilities. Can you talk a little bit about that, Jen? Sure. And I love it because because we know there is something to healing. We do something as facilitators. You being a Reiki master, you know that too. And healing is the one profession that everyone quantifies by saying, oh, you know, Everyone is a self-healer, but that's true of every profession. Everyone's a, everyone's a self-teacher. Everyone's a self, you know, their, their own banker. If you if you look at it, being that you're your own healer is is indicative of saying that of any profession because we all do it ourselves. But healing is the only profession that everyone is very cautious to make sure that they say that. Oh, all healing is self-healing, which is true, 
But everything we do is self, is done by the self. So you wouldn't say that to a, I don't think a surgeon, uh, uh, a heart surgeon would hear, yeah, but it's the healer, it's the person who's really healing their own heart because he is doing something. So so I agree with that because healing comes in all forms. Um, what I like to do with with people is teach everybody how to be their own healer so they can bypass the people who are just lying to them and tune into their own healing regulation system. That's why I give out so many techniques. But once you know, in a while we do need a help in hand. Right. And yeah. and I don't Yeah. Go ahead. I don't mind using the word healer. Everybody's a healer in some form. For someone else. A smile I, is healing. Right. Anyway. I totally I totally agree with you. And I think yeah. when when healers work on somebody, it's not like they're not contributing, but but often you can have a case where somebody is ready to die or somebody is ready to move on or whatever or resists on some level healing, whether it's because of their own mental health or belief system or whatever, and therefore that resistance can set up a block to their own healing and to any any help or any assistance that anybody who's skilled in healing practices can offer them. Well, actually, it, that's only if you think of healing as only a physical thing. Because for some people who are ready to cross over, the most healing thing you can do is give them permission and make that process easier for them. And healing does continue in the astral plane and on the other finer vibratory planes beyond the astral plane. Uh, so know, it's I, only when you look at a healer as a physical thing that that there's a limitation there. Well, I totally agree with you too. So because I remember yeah. I remember working with someone who knew she was going to die and she actually had trained with me on Reiki level 1 and she knew she was going to die. She had young children and she invited me over. She was in her bed and she wanted me to do some some healing, some energy work with her and some healing with her because she knew that she felt that that would help her move on and that would help her get ready. So it, it's totally true. Oftentimes healing is not about the physical body ready to be healed. No, not at all. And and sometimes, so there's some, so there's some fallacies about healing that we've been taught. And if you really challenge them, you can see that they were set up by people who wanted to diminish the the belief system of healing. Like there's a belief system that you always need permission to work on someone, which is very true. But healing doesn't happen unless you have an energetic permission to work on that person. So lots of times I get energetic permission to work on people that I've never even met. And it's, the permission doesn't have to come in words. Oh, definitely. And the permission yeah. can come from that own that own person's um higher self and not right. you know okay so uh, we're totally in agreement can you explain yeah i knew we would be <laughs> can you explain to our listeners what a sagoma african shaman is and how that's different from <laughs> any other shamanism well 
I was just, when I was like just in massage therapy school, I was told I was a Sangoma by, by healers that I went to. And um, I went on the websites and I checked with Sangoma websites or whatever, and I kept getting, yes, yes, you're an you're a tra- African shaman. They wanted to know if I, what part of Africa I was from. I'm a white girl from New York. <laughs> so um, what an African shaman is is someone that uses sound healing to, like, facilitate the stagnant energy from from happening. But they also um, channel their ancestors. And there's a couple prerequisites to being a Sangoma, which is you have to, like, um, you have to come back from the brink of death, and there's there's um, sacrifice, there's a sacrifice of flesh in it. But what's interesting is before I was told any of that, that about the Sangoma, I hadn't been tested as a true Sangoma. But after that, I was um, locked up for a year, starved and tortured almost to death. I almost died. And so I, I brought my back self back from the brink of death that way, from starvation. And when I was on the property, the the person who kept me forced me to take animal life. So I had um I didn't make the connections till much later that those were the prerequisites of being the Sangoma. So let's talk about that. That I I hope you you're okay with talking about it. That I brought it up. How did because what's that? I brought it up. I'm, yeah. Right, but, but I'm going to ask you for more details. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, because um, it's very, very scary and difficult to be sort of captured and imprisoned in some way. So how did that happen, and 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 what was it like, and how did you get, you know, how did you, how were you able to, to escape? Well, it was really interesting because what happened was I met this this person through a spiritual group, so I really trusted him. He was kind, good looking, and 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 there was a trust there. And I had helped him when I first saw him at this spiritual group. I saw that his energy was distorted, and I and because he was good looking or whatever, I didn't even pay much attention to that, you know, because. It's interesting how our unworthinesses come into play because I felt unworthy as a female and attracted to him being good-looking and, and successful. So I started to help him long distance to to balance himself out, and it was really effective, so much so that we became friends and he became dependent on me. And he was into, like, conspiracy theories and um, the Illuminati and um, and... galactic wars and all that so when I tapped into him I tapped into all his delusions or different realities whatever you want to call it and it unbalanced me a little bit so I developed this um he he sent me phones and we were on call with each other until he wanted to um have me move in with him as a as a roommate he wanted to take care of me so we ended up living together in a um in a different state, I don't want to name the state, for his new job. And then we had property there, and he just kept me there. And because we were so isolated, and I was at his mercy then, he got skewed in his in his belief system, and then he thought that I was taking his power from him. 
even though he was really unbalanced and he wasn't he wasn't functioning well in society at all. But then I was at a, a disadvantage, and 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 when I was first there in the property with him, I could have gotten away on my own, but I had a dog there, and he wouldn't let me take the dog, and so it was a way to keep me there until I was so entrenched emotionally and physically that I didn't feel able to get myself free. And it just got worse and worse where he thought, he knew I had these amazing abilities. So in his skewed psyche, he thought I was taking his powers from him. And so his purpose was to starve me. He wanted me to starve to death, but his purpose was to starve me because he thought I was a personification of the earth. And if he starved me, it was starving out all the evil on the earth. So he really was a, a bit of a sick pup. Well, well, yes, but I saw his pure intention. It's really interesting because you can say that there's evil, but I also saw his pure intention. Right, he really right. thought he was, he really, really believed he was doing good by making me suffer. So yeah, that's why... Right. You know, there are many people out there who who believe you have that kind of, and I like that word you use, that kind of distorted thinking, mm-hmm. um, whereby I'm not saying that they don't have talents or they don't have gifts or whatever, but they're, like you said, there's a, dis, a distortion somewhere that is in their belief system or something that's making them do whatever it is they're doing that can be harmful to someone else and even to themselves. Well, that's why it's really important for me not to label someone as evil or bad because he, in his mind, he was not evil. He was doing good. So there's people out there in the world who are really hurting people, hurting whole demographics, and they don't understand that they are doing harm. They don't understand they're skewed. So to call them evil, that doesn't even, like, that doesn't even address the issue because they remove themselves from that. Right. And, and someone, we're not right. And we're yeah. not talking about evil here. We're talking about somebody that that is misguided or has has something there's something faulty in their belief system a little bit that makes them do whatever it is they're doing against themselves or someone else. Right. It, it was drastic in his case. I'm I mean I'm playing it down, but it was pretty drastic. So I mean he was it, how did you get away with your dog? Well, my dog, the 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 farther along I was there, the dog realized that he, the dog knew I was suffering. One of the last, this guy believed that his dog, my dog was an extension of him, like he was operating another body, which was the dog. And so I wasn't allowed to give love to this dog, and this dog knew it wasn't allowed to take love from me. So I was only allowed to feed the dog or groom the dog, but I wasn't allowed to give it any affection. So I was, at the end, I was so hungry, I was stealing the dog's dog food. And he would sit there, and it would, it was so sweet, he would do a heavy sigh, like he had compassion for me, my dog. And then he did something really crazy. One of the last days when I was losing my ability to think, he ran away to the neighbor, which was very far away. You could see him going. He went up the long driveway, down the road, down the long driveway, up the hill to the neighbor, and went to their door. And and the guy who who kept me captive 
thought that he was, you know, being possessed by my energy or something or gone crazy for a little bit. But what actually was happening was the dog was trying to get me help. Right. The dog yeah. thought I was going to die and was was trying to tr- trying to save me. So at, at the last time, I, at the last couple of days, I was having like these dreams, like my spirit guides were were preparing me. I had no idea I was resolved to die there. I had no means to get out, but they were working with me and showing me this this different town and it ended up being the town that I actually ended up living in once I got free but they were showing my, me my life afterwards and I was with another dog but that gave me get, hope how did you get out? How did you escape? all I had to do was my spirit guides told me to stuff my ID papers in my pants one morning I, I was too dizzy to like go for the morning part. rituals of torture and I just sat on the stoop and I said I can't go so he locked me out of the house, and I just walked. I just walked off the property. He didn't try to stop me. The dog didn't follow me, and it was just divine intervention. And I was in my hometown like six hours later. Wow. So you don't know what happened to your dog? Yeah, I, I heard from friends who knew him that we we were part of the same spiritual group. I, I heard that... He had taken them back with him and that the dog wasn't very friendly. But since then, I had a dream about the dog where I was, um, it was tied up to this little boat. And I freed the, I unleashed it from this little boat. And that was me telling me that the dog had crossed over and that the dog was now free of him. Yeah, but he (laughs) loved the dog. He had no no worries. Right. So nothing, nothing. Nothing ever happened to this guy. He just went on being this strange self. He he went back to his group and he he's working with the children in that group and and I I I went with a clergy from my my church and went to went to report him and the, in that town and the police did this good old boy. They wouldn't even take down my information and tried to turn it on me and and tried to. You know, um, try to make it seem like it was your fault, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, we exactly. drove 15 right. hours on New Year's Day in a in a snowstorm to get there, and then we get there, and nobody would take any information from us. You know, it's a shame, Jen, because people like that, again, misguided or whatever. Uh, he may connect with someone else unless he goes through some really major self-healing and see the same kind of thing. I know oh. of a colleague and a friend and whatever who um, who saw visions and his visions that he thought were coming from God told him to kill his own daughter, and he did. Yeah. So, I mean... These people do think that they're doing the right thing and they're getting messages from God or from their higher self or or spirit guides or whatever. But I don't believe in in all my heart and with all my training that that's that those are the messages that your spirit guide or or God would would be giving you. So, no, so that's so, what, yeah, that's what some people need to understand is that your spirit guides, true spirit guides, will never belittle you. They will never diminish you. They will never tell you to hurt someone. They only tell you information to unravel pain and trauma. They're not going to lead you down 
a path to tell you to take a life or to, like, kill yourself. That is right. not a spirit guide. And that's not what I'm talking about when I talk about my guides. My guides only give me information to uplift and help people. And so I, what, right, yeah. and I agree. Uh-huh. I, want to, I want to talk a little bit about what you do with um, animals, that you have a technique that you've developed to find animals. How does that work, and what, and what does it involve with that? It's amazing because it makes such perfect sense because we've all we've all watched or read the book Incredible Journey when we were kids and we realized that animals have an innate um, instinct to get home. Right. They just have an instinct to get home. It's not just some animals. It's a honing mechanism that they're born with. They know where their home is. So when they get lost and they're out of the house or whatever, it's not that they don't know where they live. It's because they're traumatized and they get knocked into primal mode and they forget where they live. They pass so easily between lifetimes that they just think they're in another lifetime and they get confused. And then you have a worried owner sending them traumatic messages like, like life and death, and that confuses them even more. So when a pet is lost, the best thing you can do is calm down, relax, remind the pet in your mind of how loving and comforted and soothed their home is, and and keep playing over in your mind all the good things instead of the trauma and oh no. And so what I do as an emotional release healer is I do a release on the animal that's been knocked into primal mode. And there's only been like one instance where the pet hasn't come home. It, they've always come home when I've done that, always. You know, I think you, that's excellent, and you made an, uh, a point that I that I want to actually expand on a little bit, Jen, and that is even when an, an animal is sick, our our tendency is to be very upset and, and, and concerned and afraid and whatever. However, our animals, dogs, cats, whatever, are very sensitive to what we're putting out energetically like that, and that only helps them get that only increases their their you know their inability to heal or their their feelings you know you know their anxiety or something like that, so I think being calm and 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 talking like that even when an animal is sick is very very helpful, don't you agree? Yeah, I had this um, this person message me on Facebook, a friend. She was scheduled to put her dog down because it was so lethargic and it was she was so sad. And oh, I love this dog, poor thing. And she was like, all this sappy emotional stuff. And animals are so susceptible to that. They don't like when you tell their sad story. When you tell their rescue of like, oh, they're a rescue dog, la la la. They have to relive it, and you'll watch them wilt if if you're aware. So she told this dog, poor poor thing, he's going to die, la, la, la. Um, and I yelled, at, I yelled at her. I go, quit dumping your sympathies onto him. He he needs to know he's going on a better adventure. Just stop making it all about you and, and realize that you're dumping this sadness on him. He's going to go into a new body and be happy, so be happy for him. She took my advice, took him out, gave him ice cream, took him out, and just smothered him with with attention and had an exciting new day. He, in that one day, he popped back to his old self. She ended up canceling the appointment to euthanize him, and he's been just fine ever since. 
Good. So it's so it's important. Let's talk about tapping. You 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 do tapping and you do a lot with tapping even in terms of giving out tips in social media because you you know, you want people to benefit from that. Just share. I you know, I do some tapping too. Share with people what that is a little bit and how it works because then I want to get somewhere else with you. Okay, so the tapping is a way to, you know how affirmations don't work? Because when you say an affirmation, your mind is arguing with you and saying, like I could say I'm I'm a size 3, and the mind will say, no, you're not. You eat all the time. You eat sugar. Oh, you've failed every diet. So an affirmation doesn't work because the mind is arguing with you and saying it's not true. So when we breathe in, our body's healing everything. It's scanning our body to find out what needs healing. And then it's fixing it, the breath in, breath out. It's like scanning and fixing. But what happens with the tapping is you're telling the body, you're giving it a program and saying, this is highest priority. Fix this first. And so you say a positive affirmation. And I put the tag in all moments in it so you don't revert back to old behavior because it's programmed in to be effective in all moments. So then you give the body this affirmation, and it bypasses the mind's permission. The mind can no longer negate it because it's it's not being asked to process this for you. It's almost like the mind is like a bad employee that's not getting its work done. So you bypass that bad employee and go right to the source and do the work yourself. So the tapping is telling the body exactly what it needs to do to shift you. And then the tapping, that's... So you program it into the brain by doing that. And then you tap it on the chest just to set it in to make sure that it sticks in the body. That's it. And it works. People people have become profoundly um, healthy and aware. I have one client who was on um, blood pressure medicine for 25 years. She started doing the tapping every day, and now she she hasn't had a blood pressure issue since then, and she's actually lost 50 pounds without even trying a diet. Wow. So yeah. can you share a little bit of tapping, just a few moments with our listeners, or do, does it have to be visual? Yeah. No, no, it's good because, so you want to know why people aren't getting healed. And the main reason they're not healed, so this protocol is something my spirit guys gave me to to help people eliminate all their karmic issues because in the future as we shift to a higher consciousness people are going to realize how to heal themselves but right now they need help so the tapping is something that's going to take on a life of its own kind of like yoga is accepted now and the more people who tap in a couple generations you're not going to need to tap you're just going to know how to shift your own energy so the thing that holds most people back is they've made vows in past lifetimes Vows of poverty, vows of chastity, vows of silence, vows of self-deprecation. So the first set of tabs my spirit guides gave me were to release people's vows. So what I would say is I'd ask someone to repeat this three times while tapping on their head and then say it a fourth time while tapping on their chest. You want to be the person and you want to say it and I'll release for you and show you my noises? What do you want me to say now? I recant my vow of poverty in all moments. Okay, I'm doing it on the top of my head? Yeah. I recant my vow of poverty in in all time, space, dimensions. 
No, 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 no. In all moments. It covers all time, space, I dimension. Repeat, oh, okay. I say it again. I recant all vows. I recant my vow of poverty in all moments. I recant my vow of poverty in all moments, and I'm tapping on my. Pa- Make sure you pause after the word poverty, because that's what people do. They run it in like they're running over coals. You have to say it with an intention, because this is an energy shift. I recant my vow of poverty in all moments. <laughs> Did you say it three times on the head yet? Yes, I recant. My, I said it to myself. I recant my vow of poverty in all moments. Do you feel that in the in the stomach releasing? My vow of poverty in all moments. Do you I, feel that releasing, Joanne, in your stomach? I feel a little bit release in in my chest area. Okay. I feel it in your stomach. Maybe it's someone. Maybe it's the collars. I'm feeling that from. So now it's unwinding. You can almost feel the energy unwinding, like unswirling. Do you get a sense of that? Yeah. So what's next with that? Do you want to do another one, or is that good? No, let's keep with this one. I recant my vow of self. No. No, do another one now. What are you doing? I recant my vow of martyrdom in all moments. Where am I? Now, let's keep the poverty one, but where am I tapping? Oh, I thought you were done with it. Did you do the ones on your chest? Yeah. No. I I did my head. I recant my vow of poverty in all moments. I recant my vow of poverty in all moments. I recant my vow of poverty in all moments. And then you did the chest? That was the chest. Okay. So you it's funny. You only have to do it three on the head and once on the chest. Okay. It's, it's funny how the confusion comes because that's part of the self-sabotages and stuff to make it confusing because we're actually doing work and energy, which you understand. Well, I've also learned tapping to do it in, you know, very specific areas, like the sides of your head, under your chin, you know. Yeah. Okay. What's interesting about that is, yeah, this is an EFT tapping. This is I learned tapping through doing body talk, and so when I do the tapping, what people don't understand is I'm assisting everyone who does the tappings that I post. So, (laughs) so people who work with me understand that when I put that out there, I am actually helping them, and then they actually have their dreams show them how I've helped them. And they come back later and say, I don't know why, but i got to say thank you because you did something. But, yeah, so um, it it is different than the EFT, but we go really deeper because the whole purpose of my tapping isn't to get money or, or whatever. It's to clear out all the karmic issues that are preventing you from being in joy, love, abundance, freedom, and wholeness, which are your natural states as a soul being. So the target is is deeper. So there are different forms of tapping other than EFT. Is that correct? So, well, I don't I don't know about any other tappings. I just know what I do. I I don't study tapping. I okay. just do what I do. Everything that I do is I was self taught and learned it from my own journey. So, so I'm not going to take anything away from other forms of tapping. But I just I'm not a 
expert on what other people do. Okay, so the sounds that you use when when you're guiding people to do tapping, what are they about? Because I've actually studied sound and healing, and and I'm amazed the, at, at the vibrational shift that takes place when you do use sound, whether it's your own voice or an instrument or whatever, and I've used that on, on people and myself, and it's very profound. But your sounds are very uniquely Jen Ward sounds, so... Well, actually, they're not they're not my sounds. They're actually the stagnant energy of the person. I'm converting their issues into sound because we know that energy is energy. I'm converting their stagnant energy into a sound and emoting it to dissipate it. So sometimes I'll cry and scream, and sometimes I'll sound like a person in their own pain, and they'll recognize it. And they won't want to hear it because... It's too hard to hear, but it's better to hear it than to carry it around. Okay, so basically, you're you, it's you're receiving and and helping to release the sounds of the person that you're working with. The what it's more than the sound, but what's behind the sound, right? I'm converting it into a form that it can release. Yes, it can't release, and it's in a cloud state. When I when I tune into a person, I feel them like a stuffy cloud. And then I feel everything come in, like the sensations that they're feeling, and, and know what's happening in their body, and I read their past lives to know what happened. So I know specifically, and I've been doing it long enough, to know specifically what's going on with them. They want to talk about their issues, but they don't understand that if they could talk their issues out, they would have done it by now. Oh, yeah, they talking can't, always work. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough. Exactly. So it's much cleaner to just go unhook it from the root and let it just dissipate. It's very efficient what we do in sound. Do you agree, so, right? I, oh, I totally agree. So did you did you take care of me? Because I, I did the tapping three times on my chest. I didn't hear the sound connected with that with you. Maybe I'm all... Because <laughs> I was confused of what you were doing. I felt it in the stomach. But um, here... I can let me just do a release on you and let you just feel that without the tapping because people think I'm just about the tapping and that's not the case. Okay. So let me do a release on you and let you feel it because you you're aware of energy. Okay? Yes, I love it. <laughs> now I can read this energy and understand what what pushes your buttons in a way what drives you do you want me to say it's not that personal is it if it's not that personal you can go ahead (laughs) (laughs) so you are frustrated like a lot of people you're frustrated at the imbalance with female energy and how frustrating it is for females to have to work harder to get the same amount of oculates or attention that male energy does so you advocate for female in in your service to humanity. Is that correct? Mm, a little. I advocate for everybody, really. So it's... Okay. All right. So, so it might be more personal, like, so you've never felt like hold, being female holds you back in any way? No, not really. I was actually oh, raised... I was actually raised to believe that I could be very different and whatever I do is okay. I didn't have to take on a traditional female role like other people, and um, I was 
I wasn't looked at strangely for not for for kind of living out my own life that way and I and I think that's really important. Okay, so yeah. So yeah. So it is important to you. <laughs> so it might be semantics and and way it's being delivered, but I did get a sense of, you know, you're going to do anything that a male does. Oh yeah, I I and but I'm okay with that. And I've been well, doing you should it. Be okay. Right, I've, and I and I don't feel that anything holds me back in that regard, really. Do you feel it holds any women back? Definitely. Okay, good. That so that was what you were feeling as an advocate. You do what you do as an advocate to show yep. other women that it can be done. Right, I advocate for okay. for lots of causes and changes and animals and people and for right. Uh, so that's important. So let's move on. I thank you for that. I appreciate that. I felt actually an ability to. I felt like my breathing shifted a little bit, which was good. Um, how did you know? Because you said a lot of these techniques, like I've studied a lot of different techniques, and like you, I've you know I've received guidance and information from my guides to shift them and to do something very very different and incorporate a lot of different things like you. So how did you, how do you how did you know, Jan, that you had healing abilities and could help other people? How did that get translated for you in your life? It. it what it what it was is I've had a really really rough lousy life. I was hated by my mother, cursed on my birth. All my siblings resented me. They humiliated me. They called me mongoloid behind my back when I was a baby. Mm. Um, I had a really rough life. I had an attractive face and and I was I I didn't know if I was intelligent, but I wasn't called stupid. But what I, there was an unwritten code that you don't say anything nice to me and you don't treat me nice. That was the unwritten rule in the family, and it still goes to most of the family. I'm the youngest of ten, and most of them don't bother with me. It's wow. like it's it's like law in the family. Even the second generation is that way. So, but the 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 shift happens is when I started to like go to alternative healers, and I, everyone that I went to said that their guides told them to do anything that they could to help me. That was important somehow to their spiritual purpose, was to help me get to mine. And I had that happen over and over again. And what happened was when I stopped putting myself down and humiliating myself to, to agree with everyone, when I stopped saying self-derogatory things, then the healing qualities emerged in me, and then I could start believing it. And then when I went to massage therapy school, I realized that I could move energy with my intention. Like I would pick up um, a modality like cranial sacral that people would pay thousands of dollars for. I would pick it up in moments and then be able to, like, figure out ways to move it, um, use it in a unique way. So there was definitely a connection with what I was doing, and it became fun to discover that wonderful so you have many gifts and many ways that you help not only people but animals and and help shift our world and our energy and it's it's really wonderful how can people jen ward get a hold of you find out more about what you do and um 
find out ways to get support and help. Well, they're welcome to join me on my Facebook, Genuine Healing, with a J, Genuine Healing, or my website, GenuineHealing.com, with a J, the word genuine with a J instead of a G. And um, on my Facebook page, I put out a lot of taps and a lot of exercises so people can discover. A lot of people are discovering that they are the healers, and the taps are a way to, like, like do that because a lot of people have a resistance to doing that, but if they, they'll try, then they'll realize how dynamic they are. So so those are the best ways by my website and my Facebook page because then you don't have to subscribe to anything that I'm saying until you can get your feet wet and, and read what I'm posting and see how that resonates with you. As you know, some people, when they hear truth for the first time, they have a reaction to it. They don't like it. Right. So they have to like sit with it before so they don't have a strong reaction to it. So genuine J E N U I N E genuinehealing.com is that correct? Yes. Okay. Or genuinehealing on Facebook. Right. Okay, I just want to give out the website too. Okay. Thank so I thank you so much for being such a wonderful resource in healing and and not only helping others, helping me today. And thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for being so generous and, and helping so many people in the world as you do. Thanks so much, Jen. Take care. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you. What's important, what Jen was talking about, is is really oftentimes we get in our own way, and you know that, and, and get in your own way, whether it's about moving forward, about, about staying focused on the past, worrying about the future, not, not appreciating the wondrous person and the wondrous gifts that you have. And again, I always like to remind people at the end of the show that, which is why I called the show Power Your Life, that you have the ability to power your life, to empower yourself. As Jen and I were talking, you have so many gifts that are just ready and open for you to utilize for yourself and for others. So do that. Next week, we're going to hear from Fran Shaw. You're going to love her her book and her messages about healing as well and moving forward in your life and and your spirituality. And that's next week, the 20th of January at noon Eastern. And if you missed any of this, you can find out more on Blog Talk Radio or go to my website, docwhite.org. Find out more about my TV show. And also check out the Power Your Life Network on social media. We just launched that network several months ago and still are growing it. And we would love for you to access some of the incredible people who are there, incredible healers, incredible people to help you access your gifts in many different ways. Thanks so much for tuning in. And remember that you are incredible, and you have the ability to power your life in any direction and any way you choose. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. 
Listen often and spread the word about the Upbeat Show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.